Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Rosso of Gaming Adult. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is four years old. They're currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos, and it's been reduced in price. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The owner started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit and business soared. The owner has decided to move on to other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There is no advertising being done for the site. All of the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Now only $235,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is P. Rosso of Gaming Adult, a.k.a. The Red Man and a.k.a. Bluebeard. Rosso, or whatever your name is today, thanks for being with us on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you for for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always. So with over 17 years of experience in affiliation and gaming, Gaming Adult have become experts in creating, publishing, and monetizing the most engaging games in the industry with over 15 million registered players. They are the two-time winners of the GFY Awards and the Why Not Awards. By delivering high-quality content and building communities with their players, they achieve the best conversion and retention rates on the market using a freemium model. Gaming Adult is the perfect solution to connect affiliates directly with their products by providing the best tools to attract users and make sales soar. Tools include animated banners, landing pages, iframes, and more. And there's instant stats access with real-time conversion data. Their most popular games are Porn Star Harem, featuring top porn stars, Comics Harem, and Hentai Heroes, featuring hentai characters, Gay Harem, and Hentai Clicker. 
Rosso is the founder of Gaming Adult. He can be seen at pretty much all of the main adult shows with his crew. They all sport red suits. But you're going to know Rosso when you see the blue beard. Before he got into adult, Rosso got his master's in marketing from the French Business School. And he was working for Fortune 40 companies in France. So, Rosso, when do you think we're going to actually see sex with robots that can think, talk, and move? I really hope soon, but I think it's not <laughs> happening anytime soon. That's, that's, that's I think, the, the, the problem. It's a very big topic in the, in the industry, especially with the sex tech people that are mm-hmm. really working on how to connect gadgets, how to connect people, how to make, make, make sex more interactive, and how sure. to, devo- to develop this idea of mental health and sex as a therapy through tech. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you could have, th- th- there, are, there are so many people that will need sex therapy or just some modern sex like romance and attention. And, mm-hmm. and if you could replace hookers by therapeutic sex robots, I think it, <laughs> it, 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 it will be just, just awesome. Even for sex education, Sure. <laughs> that, that, that would be great. But when is that happening? You have huge problems for this happening anytime soon. First of all, the billionaires of this world are more interested in investing in missiles and killer drones rather than <laughs> and, and killer robots instead True of stuff. sex yeah. robots. When it's about investing in the, in the doom of humanity, you find billions. <laughs> because, I mean, they call it defense. Okay. It's so, offense. <laughs> yeah, it's like the special operation that, that Putin yeah. is doing in, in Ukraine. It's a special special operation with quote mark, of course. And of course, it's a special operation that is a, de- a defense by attacking the people because that's because they feel attacked. And for this, yeah. they find a lot of money. But will you find money for therapy, mental health, sex education, and sex and robots? There's Not only there's no money for that, but there's also all this prejudice that we have about investing in sex tech and sex in general, that the the billionaires of these worlds have moralist investors that are evangelists and conservatists and they prefer to invest yeah, in everything that will not give you this freedom and this good health. I, I mean, I, I might be a bit politicizing this, hmm. but just a little. I think it's a reality that if you have an... If you have an amazing team, an amazing project, and you're going to to make it happen for sex robots that can really change the world and make the make people feel better, you won't find money, or, or, yeah, or you will find little that's money. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. And the amount of money you need for this project is insane. We are talking about insane money. So, but I would they, love. They'd I mean, spend that, they'd rather spend that money killing people. I agree. Yeah, or making stupid, new stupid social networks. So I'm not I'm not targeting any billionaire here. Uh, but oh come on, billion- let's target a few. <laughs> well, the thing is that there's not a lot of billionaires that that don't deserve targeting, right? Especially when so you're talking true. about about um, freedom of speech. I think a lot of people were hoping that Elon Musk would bring uh, freedom of speech to more freedom in general to Twitter, but I, I, I don't I, I don't think it's happening. I think maybe no. quite the opposite. So well, it's, freedom, yeah. it's freedom of speech as long as you agree with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, that's, that's called dictatorship. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So how do you think they're going to integrate sex robots 
with games like yours? How will you do that? There's dreams and there's reality. So we we can talk about well, let's, dreams. Yeah, let's dream a little. Why not? Yeah. The thing is that our, our games are really specialized in storytelling. So we don't have mm-hmm. this very impressive 3D and metaverse and VR and all. Our mm-hmm. orientation has always been that we wa- we we want to have uh, amazing 2D better than very average 3D. And sure. we are back to the topic of price and investment. If you want to make astonishing 3D, like Pixar level 3D or Disney level 3D, it's fortunes. Fortunes. We're talking about millions mm-hmm. and millions and millions. Right. So if we would dream, we would make games that have uh, that have Ubisoft quality in 3D for for sex. Give me 100 million and I can make you a good 3D game. Give me 1 billion and I might make a prototype for a sex robot. These, these <laughs> are the price, the price lines. Sure. So it's hardly realistic. If we are talking about things that could happen, uh, we have discussions with uh, sex toys manufacturers on how to mm-hmm. connect them to our games. But that means like, if you want to have an interactivity on a sex scene, it means that our games need also to improve in terms of... Um, uh, r- right now, we don't have videos. We are working on that for uh, Pornstar Harem. And when we have videos, we can maybe connect the sex toys that will have some type of interactivity connected to uh, the video. We talked with the guys of Kiru uh, when we met in Bangkok. And mm-hmm. they told us that they've developed uh, artic- artificial intelligence scripts that can recognize the movements on videos so that your uh, your sex toy, once it's plugged on you, is going to to move with the, the video itself. That could be realistic. Now you have all the friction that sex toys are expensive and mm-hmm. people that can afford stuff that they're going to connect on their genitals to live a sex experience in video and video game. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of people. It's still a niche market. That could be something we do in 2023, actually. Okay. So, so in 2023, you see something where AI, sex, and gaming could work together. That's mm-hmm. the thing that we are interested. It's exciting. It's fun. I think we are naturally led to to this, but now okay, uh, it's, it's always this thing between the dreams and reality. There's uh, there's a few layers of madness, mm. uh, but we we want to try. We want to try. I think it's it, it, everything we are doing is going uh, in that direction. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Okay. So now your company is a leader in adult games, obviously, and many say the leader. What sets your games apart from other adult game companies? I think our hardcore specialization into storytelling and content, I think, is the the, the biggest differentiator. Uh, because we are really hardcore into making beautiful games, beautiful gaming experience, beautiful storytelling experience. That's really our stuff. Mm-hmm. And the people in the team are really fans. We love porn. We... We we love the, the the universe, you know, around the porn and the hentai and the video games and manga. Mm-hmm. We are really into that, and the team is really passionate about telling stories on this. What's setting us apart is really the deep passion for what we do and how we do it. And it's not like money is not important mm. because it is, but it I think it for 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 the team and for a lot of people in the team, it, it the passion comes first. 
which might explain why we don't make so much money and the competitors <laughs> make a lot more money because they are a lot more efficient. They are less into passion and they are more into uh, let's nail the project. And I respect completely their pragmatism. So sure. maybe in the future, we will, be, we will be a bit more pragmatic, but we still <laughs> love what we do. And I've, this is how we are seducing our niche also. The players that we have are very loyal. We have been we have players mm-hmm. that have been following us for more than six years. Wow. And it's awesome. And we have this, this relationship with people that are really consuming the content in a very loyal way. So that's awesome. I think this is what's, uh, what, what sets us apart. That we, us being hardcore and also being not into so much into the deep technology, but being more, I mean, of course we have technology, but it's really about the, the storytelling, storytelling, sure. 2D content. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you consider your game hentai heroes to be entertainment or art? And why is that? I think every content producer might be uh, asking themselves uh, the same question. If you're a YouTuber, are you art or are you entertainment? If you're doing porn, are you art or entertainment? If you're Bruce making podcasts, is it art or entertainment? (laughs) I don't think think it's either, but anyway. (laughs) It's an eternal debate, and depending on the egos and desires of the people, the answer will, will vary. It goes back to the to the classic qualifications of art. I, I'm not sure I can really have them in the proper order, but the, you have these antique forms of art that are the, the classicals, the, the six uh, mm-hmm. architecture, uh, painting, uh, writing, uh, arts of the scene, so theater, opera, and all. And, and and I got lost already. Uh, I have I have just four. Uh, did I say music? Maybe music. No, uh, you didn't say music. Of course, there's music. And we've been around with these six forms of art for thousands of years. Sure. Until the 20th century, and the 20th century came cinema. And uh, yes. when they started with cinema, they were like, "Oh, we are a new form of art." And the classicals were like, "No, you're garbage." You are not art. You're 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 just some stuff. And we, the classics, with sculpture. Ah, that sculpture that I was missing. Uh, yeah. With sculpture and architecture, we are the classics, and you are just rubbish. You are just making stuff that are inconsequent. You're sounding so French as you say that. By the way, I love it. Uh, yeah, I come from a family of academics, so I, I know I know how it is. And they were they my my parents are were art teachers. So yeah, there you go. And, and the seventh form of art, they had to fight 100 years of cinema production to say, no, cinema is not only entertainment. It can be entertainment, but it's also art. And you really have artists doing cinema. Mm-hmm. 100 years. So sure. now, now there's more people fighting for this. And it's not like there's uh, real official academics that say, that say this is art and this is not. It's But... There's, there's not like an academy of the world artists that say that they define this stuff. It's accepted that the seventh form of art is cinema. Then the eighth mm-hmm. form of, of art might be, this is being discussed, uh, media, be mm-hmm. it magazines, TV, radio, blogs, podcasts, mm-hmm. might be. Of course, the old, the, the old people that that the, of, of this world don't agree on that. And the ninth sure. could be comics, cartoons. Could be, yeah. but that's... And then the tenth form of art could very much be 
video games, and I personally consider it is. So mm-hmm. to have my my personal answer, but I recently read an interview from Hideo Kojima, who is mm-hmm. one of the most respected and most famous video game creator. He's the creator of um, Metal Gear Solid and plenty of Japanese games, mm-hmm. and he was in the interview. He, he was answering this question, saying. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, what we do is not art at all. It's entertainment. Uh, we don't have the pretension that mm-hmm. video games is art. It's not art at all. And coming from the the guy that will be the most relevant to actually access to the level to the level of top artist in video games, that he himself thinks it's not art. It's so humbling and a bit disturbing. So I don't know what to answer anymore. After this, I'm, I'm like, okay, I believe, but if Hideo Kojima is not believing, who can believe? <laughs> there you go. If it's not good enough for him, it's not good enough for you. So, so how did you come up with the crazy idea for red suits at the shows? Is it that crazy? Oh, I, I mean, don't know. I mean, coming from a master <laughs> in brand marketing like you, I don't. I'm sure you don't. You, you, you know, you know, it's not crazy. You know, it's making a lot of sense. Sure. But yeah, I, I I get I get what you're saying. A lot I of see people. You, I, are, I definitely see you guys coming. There's no two ways about it. In, in very short, it's it's a long work on brand marketing, coming with the idea that uh, when you're nobody, uh, you have to to look like you're somebody. So you actually might become someone at some point, because mm-hmm. we come from nowhere. So we had to build the the recognition from the ground up but there's a there's a very long and cool story about this because i remember that it's it really started in lisbon i think 2014 my -hmm. wife was animating an exhibition at the embassy an embassy there a photo exhibition and I, i i didn't have anything to wear so we go to zara and i see this red jacket and i'm Mm -hmm. thinking wow this is impossible to wear so that's for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and people in the um, in the embassy were really complimenting me about it, like, "Oh, you have this red red jacket. It's really cool. It's looking good on sure. you." And it was like a thirty dollar thing in Zara. Yeah. And and a few at the time we we had a startup in gambling, and we went to a show in London in the ice. And I was like, "What do I wear? I I don't have anything cool, and I don't want to look like too formal, even if it's." kind of business but sure okay let, let's try something with this red red jacket and, uh, and uh, let's have, let's have some fun i mean it's gambling people people are fun and people were really like wowing the jacket like wow this is so cool so much style yeah. insane and uh, very cool and they were taking selfies and i was like wow okay so that's 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 a lot of positive feedback for a 30 dollar jacket <laughs> and the year after i go back to this show it's it's like the the affiliate show. It's like very close communities where mm-hmm. people know each other. It's bigger, but it's the same spirit. Sure. And I go and meet the friends that I met the, the year before. I say, hey, hello, how are you? It's cool to see you again. They were like, oh, but hey, who the hell are you? <laughs> Back off. Don't come near me, weirdo. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, but you, we met last year and uh, we were talking about this. And that. I was like, oh, but you were the guy with the red jacket. Why don't you wear your red jacket? <laughs> and then then I thought, okay, yeah, um, I'm the man with the red jacket. Because if people connect mentally to the red jacket, they will remember me. If I remove the mm-hmm. red jacket, I'm another guy. And I was like, okay, let, let's go. 
let's go full speed on this concept. When I came back in the adult business in 2015, I came back with the red jacket. Yeah. And people were like, wow, this is cool. And then the concept evolved little by little. It became the red jacket, then the red suit, then mm -hmm. the red suit for everyone. And every time I've tried to push a little bit the limit of mm -hmm. uh, the style and the persona, which led to uh, having my beard uh, red. So red on right. red. I actually wasn't looking amazing. So this <laughs> is why you will not see the red beard anymore. Yeah, there was purple once, but it was too dark. So it was not so visible. There was blonde, but the same. <laughs> so it was the same yeah. thing. You, you try, you iterate, yeah. you split test, and you, you see. And um, the blonde people were kind of doubting that I might be Norwegian or Danish, uh, <laughs> a natural blonde. And red, they were like, the guy must be a ginger from Ireland. But blue, it's okay. I really have comments like, is it natural? I just had it once. Oh, my it's God. Just, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, they walk They walk among us, Ross, so they walk among us. Yeah, I, I told the guy, yeah, it's natural. It's a, it's, a, it's a degenerative disease. And the person was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry I brought it up. Oh, really? So tell us about some of the new games you guys are working on. We, we, this, this idea of Pan Saharem is really one of the first ideas we ever had. Where, because when we did mm -hmm. Anti Heroes, the time was fucking broke, and I was trying to save the company and pay the debts. And, and we were like, okay, we make a game that where you're going to collect hentai characters uh, in a mm -hmm. very Pokemon style, but hentai is going to be parodies of, of manga and all. It's going to be so cool. Um, and while we were building that, we were like, okay, and we will just, we will build this tech that is going to be a game for collecting and stories and all. What mm -hmm. else could we do if we want to reuse the tech to make new games? So I'm like, okay, the next obvious thing is if you do hentai, you're going to do comics, comic books, right? comics, superheroes and all. That created the game uh, Comics RM that we released last year. And the logic was, what else can you collect that will be cool in a sex universe? It came as a simple answer that, yeah, collecting porn stars, there, there might be people in this planet that might be willing to connect porn stars. So let's right. try it. Right. But over the years, we tried different versions, like making uh, porn stars, but illustrated, uh, making hmm. porn stars, buying some custom shoots with partners. Right. Uh, we tried so many stuff and it was just impossible and too expensive and, and batshit crazy. And mm -hmm. we came with this thing of using the pictures and now we want to use videos and to, to, to use like non-exclusive content for now. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to the shows since 2015. And mm -hmm. when I was meeting you or meeting the other guys, there, there was always, always this bizarre vibe that people are interested in what we do. They are curious. I like the open-mindedness of, of the community, but sure. also they were like, yeah, but you're doing something bizarre. You make games and hentai and nobody does games and nobody does hentai. So it's interesting, but can't you do something that connects with our industry? Mm -hmm. And for years, I've been thinking, okay, how could I connect with dating, webcams and all, all the cool stuff to have a concrete conversation and not an abstract conversation? Sure. 
and, and, and that's it. Little by little, we've been building the concepts of how can we make a game with models? How can we make a game with pictures and videos? How can we make mm -hmm. a game that will uh, interact with the other businesses? And sure. this is how we experimented with uh, photo editing, photo editing creativity, building mm -hmm. some muscle there. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's far from being perfect, but I think it's fairly interesting. Just recently, we've been partnering with models like the, the number one uh, Twitch girl, uh, Amorant, mm -hmm. uh, with Sia Siberia, with a cosplayer that's huge only fan followership. And we want to push this concept to ever have, to have more games using pictures, videos, mm -hmm. and models. So mm -hmm. this is one of our goals. And next year, early next year, we're going to release our first game using pictures and videos, but with trans. It was going to be trans Pornstar Harem. And mm -hmm. then there will be gay Pornstar Harem. And from this, maybe we can even make mainstream games with storytelling based on Twitch models and uh, social media models. I mean, that could be extremely fun. Sure. Yeah. You can take it in a number of different directions. When it comes to Porn Star Harem, how's it going? And how are you enjoying the uh, interaction with the porn stars? <laughs> so he laughs. The, yeah, 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 because the interactions with the porn stars can be very fun, especially when you're on the shows and you go to parties, you go to clubs. Sure. They, they, they are extremely fun people. Sure. So far, all, all the models and the porn stars have become friends. And it's, they, are, they are people that are educated, open-minded, fun, that like to party and that travel and that have been to so many places. These are the people I like. So sure. by definition, it's, it's super cool. But when you go back to the office and you, get, you, you go to the part where you have to chase them to sign contracts, you have to chase them to read the contracts, you have to chase them to have to send you the pictures and all, that's mm -hmm. a bit less fun. Oh, so, sure. <laughs> so as much as there are fun people and all, sometimes you, it means it's not everyone, but some of them you would love to see a, a different level of professionalism, let's say. They're not all professionals. In, in fact, no. it's, a, it's probably a small, it's probably a smaller, small percentage. Although I will say in this day and age, it's getting better, especially with all the money available on places like OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. They are becoming mm -hmm. more business people. Yeah, but then you need to really offer them something that is competing with whatever they do yes. on OnlyFans. Because yes. it's, it's not like uh, Ponsaharem can offer them $30,000 per month. Sure. <laughs> not yet. Not One yet. Day. Absolutely. Not working on it. <laughs> So how is your company being impacted by the new and the upcoming limitations on freedom of speech? Like all the, the adult businesses, we are restrained in our ability to express our art because I believe that what we do is art mm -hmm. and is a pure form of expression. And instead of having the capacity of expressing ourselves and and creating cool stuff, we have to comply with, oh, this platform uh, does not allow a wet t-shirt and this platform does not allow that you have uh, people smoking cigarettes and this platform mm. does not allow, they, they don't like this 
low disappearance of sexual gratification. It's like, what does it mean? No, but there's sexual gratification because the boobs are too big compared to the proportion and it's appealing mm. to the... What? It's because You have dressed people and they look mm -hmm. too attractive. The world's gone the, nuts. The, the thing is that since there are no... Well, well, there are some laws, okay? So we are compliant with all, all the laws. But then of when course. you go to a platform that says, well, the law is something, but we have our own personal morality, and you end mm -hmm. up with guidelines of morality that are super different depending on the platform. For example, mm -hmm. YouTube allows sex. Oh, don't talk to me if, right now about YouTube, bro. I just yeah. got banned for the second time in in uh, three weeks. So I don't. Oh God. Anyway, uh, because, because they, they they allow sex if shown for educative purposes. I mean, what you do is educative, no? It's educational. I don't know. Uh, so, no, they didn't yeah. like some of the links that I put put with my podcast. Uh, that's that's why I, that's why I got my second strike because I linked uh, to a site that has porn. Okay. Yeah. So, but so let's say YouTube is slightly more permissive somehow and then Not then you anymore. get to facebook <laughs> and I, I think facebook even like i think even bikinis are too much for them so i don't know so far so, so far they're uh, we're okay there my personal page had so many issues i finally just shut it down and said i don't want to do this anymore but that was during the whole mm. trump thing and you know i i, I was i was over it yeah linkedin Closed my account. I still don't know why. They didn't tell me. Wow. And I was paying them. Your... I had a premium membership. And they just closed me down and then didn't didn't give me any explanation. So, yeah, I think that the, um, we, we all have the same problems that we are being monitored and nerfed and the freedom of speech is, is, is becoming a distant concept. We will try to explain our kids and they won't understand. Sure. And uh, I mean, nobody cares because nobody, nobody is willing to stand for that. Some, some rebels here and there mm -hmm. are, tr are trying to stand for the freedom of speech, but the, the rare species. Nobody's standing up for our industry. That's the problem. You know, with the exception of people inside the industry, people like uh, Free Speech Coalition. But if you t there's very few people, at least in the U.S. Congress, that even want to listen to it. The, the moment you're a billionaire and you have uh, and you have your money on the stock market, you might try to talk about freedom of speech, but then you're going to lose twenty percent of your capital. So there's, there's mm. not there, there's no big incentives to go for this. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So it's very sad. It's very very sad. Mm -mm -mm. So tell us a little bit about your LGBTQ plus games. Yeah, that's what we were just discussing before. We are going to launch a trans game in a few months, like two months. I think we'll, we'll be ready for and we'll be, February for Cash Cash. And we should have already, uh, that should have already happened by the time this uh, drops. So that's good. These are types of games that, to be, to be fair, we are not making them with in mind uh, making the dimensional profits. Because when we started doing GRM uh, back mm -hmm. in 2017, anti was working well. And we thought, okay, what's the next project? We Could we make a gay version of anti -Heroes? Yes, we could. Is mm -hmm. there a business in it? 
Well, not sure, but let's try. And the conclusion is that it's very small. It's a lot. It's as much work as anti-heroes, but for hmm. very limited uh, revenues. I mean, we are not losing money, but at this stage, it's, it's really a matter of uh, really our own conviction mm -hmm. because we could do something more profitable and uh, better and bigger with our teams that are very talented and we are using them on a small game. But we believe it's also important that we sure. actually do this type of game. The gay community on GRM is so nice. They are actually super cool and they are very um, grateful that that there are some people that care about making a game for the gay community. So Absolutely. we are breaking even and we like it and it's cool. It's, it's just natural that we believe that it's nice, it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and we won't do everything for massive profits, and that's okay. So well, some, and... some some of them are, are are just projects of natural conviction, and it's hard to put it into words. But sure. we believe in it. Sure. Well, like you said, your business is all about passion. That's the most important thing: is that mm -hmm. you believe in what you're doing. And the other thing about the gay spaces if you look at it as a whole space, which obviously there's a lot of fragmentation among the gay space, just like there is among the straight space, but the gay consumer tends to be a hell of a lot more loyal than the average straight consumer. That I know for a fact. Mm -hmm. So while it might not be real profitable in the short term, I think in the long term, you guys are going to do okay. That's true. No, I mean, that's, we're going to do okay, of course. Uh, it's going to be fine, but it, it will remain small volumes. So if we have to be very pragmatic about it, we, we won't do it and we will do something else. Mm -hmm. But we are not always pragmatic. We, we are passionate about making games sure. and about some convictions about, yes, uh, yes, freedom of speech and the overall reaching out. I mean, we like to be alternative. I think that there is something in us Mm -hmm. That that we really like to do what nobody's doing. Sure. And and when I see that there's a type of game that nobody's doing, I'm like, well, you know, nobody's doing it. Let's do it. Sure. Um, it's it, it's not completely rational, but <laughs> I mean, sometimes life has to be fun. I think. I mean, that, at least that's how we try to live. So wow. we want to make it entertaining, and and, and exciting, and have good relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and so not everything will be about the money. There's people that are approaching me uh, more and more and tell me, but you're a fucking idiot. You could, you could sell your <laughs> business this amount and you are losing this opportunity and you don't realize that you could do this and that and you're still doing your gay games when you, are, you could actually be doing mainstream games and sell it to Ubisoft and whatever and mm -hmm. make 100 million. I'm like, yeah, okay, but yeah, so sounds good. <laughs> but I don't need that money and it will not be fun. And if I sell my business to these big guys, I will do exactly the same business. So maybe I don't sell sure. it and I, and I have fun right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's all about enjoying what you do. And yeah. Hey, if you're, if you're in the game business and you're not having fun, then I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yes. So finally, do you remember when and where we first met? I know it's been a while. 
Oh yeah, I do, I do. It's 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 actually a very important thing. Uh-huh. We met in WMA Amsterdam. At the time we were fucking broke and we were just getting <laughs> out of the gambling and we were just trying our we were in and out with the with the adult business. We stopped mm. in twenty ten. Then I was angry with the industry, thinking that a lot of people are sharks and don't have values. And I wanted something. Uh, I dreamt that. about. Uh, <laughs> I I dreamt about the mainstream people being so amazing and so nice yeah. and educated and cool. Yeah, right. And then got very disappointed with the slowness and the politics and the overall bullshit. When I came back in the adult business, you were one of the first person that were like, oh, you're new. Let's talk. And we had a beer in this <laughs> barbecue bar next to the river that there was a side party. Ah, after I, remember, the I remember that party. I remember that yeah. party. Yes. I think it was actually in the fall because it was WMA. But anyway. yeah, yeah, it was in yeah, it was yeah, in yeah, fall. Yeah. It was I, in I fall. I remember that party. I've actually got some pictures from there. They might actually have built oh, up a senate. Or maybe you can find something in the archives. <laughs> I'll look. I'll look. But that <laughs> I, awesome. I remember that you were very very kind uh, <laughs> with me. And, Only way to be. And I mean, there was you and there was JFK that were super nice. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you are new in the business. Apparently, you. You don't know what you're doing, <laughs> and, uh, and and you took the time to really tell me stuff, and, and I was like, "Wow, this guy is so cool!" And Bruce is, I really, I remember how smart you were with your boxes with business cards that <laughs> had your advertising on it, and I was like, "Okay, that that that's nice." So I remember very well, and thank you very much for being there at the time. Well, you know, my philosophy has always been to be kind to people. And to and I know Elon Musk has the same uh, philosophy supposedly, but let's let's separate the two right now. <laughs> it's, it's all about just everyone's the same. I don't care if you own a multi-billion-dollar company or if you're brand new, out of college, new in an industry, whatever. I just like people. I like working with people and. What ends up happening if you have that philosophy, and I know you have the same philosophy because knowing you and talking to you so many times at shows, it's it's just all about talking to people, BSing at shows, having a drink, and you never know what might come of it. If business comes of it, great. If business doesn't come of it, that's fine. You know, it's interesting. I'll tell you a story. I used to work at a radio station, which I think I've told mm-hmm. you, and mm-hmm. I had a sales manager. He was Israeli. And this guy had a very, very white and black look at the world. Either mm-hmm. you were with me or you were against me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably had something to do with fighting in the Six Day War. I'm not sure. Anyway, he was a drill sergeant in the army. So this guy, and he was our sales manager. He's like, oof. If someone spent money with the radio station, he loved them. If somebody didn't, they were fucking assholes. And I would be like, no, this is a really nice person. Okay. (laughs) They're my friend. Just because they haven't spent money with us doesn't make them a fucking asshole. It just means that they don't have a reason to spend money with us yet. And and I just can't understand people that are that white and black about the world. Money is certainly not everything. Money's important because you need money to get by. 
But, you know, I'm 65 now and I, I believe it more than I've ever believed it, that it's really all about people. And it's, uh, you know, it's just about being nice to folks and just uh, the rest will take care of itself. Yes. So, well, that's a great note to leave it. Rosso, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Slate Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. I hope too. It's always a pleasure. Bruce, thank you very much for the opportunity. And, uh, well, Godspeed. And I hope to see you soon. The pleasure is all mine. My broker tip today is part five of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about how to determine the value of a site, how to negotiate the sale, and how to get to the point of drawing up an agreement. So now you're talking to your attorney and you're having them draft an agreement. What should be in it? Well, your attorney will guide you through the legal side, but here are some considerations to keep in mind from a buying standpoint. What's the date you'd like to close? Make sure you know that you'll have the money to either pay the deposit or the entire amount of the purchase by that date. I've had buyers who aren't ready and that just causes issues. Make sure that all of the assets you're purchasing are in that agreement, such as every domain included in the sale processing and payment accounts, relationships with vendors, all records, including 2257 data, software to run the sites, and any other assets such as source code for the sites. Of course, it should spell out any payment schedule if there is one. Who's responsible for closing costs, such as paying for escrow? And there are always terms that are unique to yours and the seller's situation. This assumes you're the party responsible for drawing up the agreement. If the seller is drawing up the agreement, then it's important that you express all of this to your attorney so they can check the seller's agreement and see if any changes are necessary. We'll talk about the subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with Todd Spates of Yanks Cash. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Rosso of Gaming Adult. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 